Hi friends, this is Will Parker. Before I jump into today's episode, I just wanted to share for just a minute some school leadership family updates. As the Principal Matters community grows, we have thousands of readers or listeners, not only around the states, but also in countries around the world. And I just wanted to say thank you for being a part of this community. I'm so excited as this community grows. And here's just some quick stats as of July, 2019. 2,497 readers are subscribed for our weekly updates, and these include educators in North America, Australia, Africa, Asia, and European nations. If you're not receiving my weekly email updates that have the printed content of each week's episodes, you can do so at my website at williamdparker.com. More than 3,000 podcast episodes are being downloaded each week. And just this week alone, 3,871 episodes were downloaded. And so it's exciting to know that both readers and listeners are growing with this content. Since this podcast launched in November of 2015, our total podcast episode downloads have been 280,791. So this morning I was doing some quick math. If you have a modest projected average listenership of 5,000 Principal Matters listeners, and readers around the world. Assume that each of them represents somewhere around 200 students. Some of you serve thousands of students and some of you serve fewer than 200, but assume that each of those represents 200 kids. Then that's at least 1 million students that are being touched right now by our collective work. So thank you for being part of a growing community of leaders who care about learning, care about growing, and care about serving their students and their school communities with value. But there are others who could be learning with us. And so do you know someone who might could benefit from this podcast? If so, I would just like to ask you today to forward this to them, to share it with them, to send it to them in a quick email or text or tweet or through other social media feeds. And if you know anyone who lives in South America or Antarctica, uh, let them know too, because I would love to include all eight continents in my readership and in listening audience. Now, one other thing I want to share today, as I'm looking at the 2019-2020 school year, I have been working on plans to open a mastermind group, and this would be an exclusive weekly virtual meeting for school leaders who want to have one hour of focused learning and feedback and mentoring each week with me and some fellow leaders. Each member is handpicked to join this mastermind community, and you have to be willing to commit to at least one hour a week of online group meeting and one hour a week of personal development and leadership exercises. If you're interested in applying, then I would like you to reach out to me by email because I have not posted this yet on my website or launched the application portal. And and you need to also know that there is a monetary commitment to be a part of this mastermind exclusive community. So if you're interested, you can email me at will at williamdparker.com. Just include the subject line mastermind with your contact information and you'll be the first to know when this option is live and available for application. Again, you can email me at will at williamdparker.com and just include the subject mastermind if you want to be a part of this exclusive community for growing your school leadership to its next level. Well, that's it. I just wanted to share some of that family business before I jump into this week's post. I hope you're doing well and thanks again for doing what matters. Principal Matters Podcast, episode 157. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. You can check out all my resources for school leaders at my website at williamdparker.com. 
Today, we're going to be discussing tips for the start of the school year with my guest and co-host, Jen Schwanke, who's also the author of You're the Principal, Now What? Strategies and Solutions that Work for School Leaders and the Principal of Indian Run Elementary School in Dublin, Ohio. Welcome back, Jen. Glad to see you again. Thank you. It's great to be here. How are you doing today, Will? I'm doing great. When I talk to principals about the start of the school year, often we're thinking about things like hiring and student handbooks and making sure that everybody's in their positions and that schedules are ready. But there's a lot more to the start of the school year than just having schedules ready. And so I'm excited, Jen, today to have this conversation of some ways that school leaders can be preparing for that beginning of the school year. And I want to start with just a small story, if I can. I like to think of my first day of school from the perspective of a kid. So I try to picture a student. Let me just make her Susie. And Susie walks in the school from being dropped off from her mom. And that drop-off experience can have had all kinds of scenarios. Maybe Susie was dropped off by a single mom. Maybe Susie didn't have the kind of nutritional support she needed in the summer like some of the other kids in my building. Maybe Susie's not coming in with school supplies. Maybe Susie didn't come to that very beginning of the year orientation that the teachers offered for kids to come in and get their schedules. Maybe Susie's confused. And so when she walks into my school, what do I want that experience to be like from the moment she steps in my door until she's standing in front or sitting in front of her first teacher? And so With that mindset in mind, I think it's important for principals and school leaders. When you think about the first days of school, we have so many lists of things that we have to do, but all of them need to be translated from the perspective of what experience do we want for our students when they walk in our building? And so today, Jen, I just want to dive into those nitty gritties of things that we can be doing to get ready for those first days of school, but I never want to lose that perspective of this is the moment that we are preparing for all summer long. I'm so glad you opened with that. I think there's also a lot of Susie's who come in and they thought of nothing for three months except this day, this moment, you know. So many of our kids love school and this is their happy place and their safe place. Um, not necessarily because it was a terrible summer always, but because they they just love school. And then you've got your reluctant ones too, who are like, oh, now I have to do this for 180 days. So we want to kind of turn that narrative on them so that they're having a great first day. And I'm glad you brought it up too, because I spend my summer thinking about that opening staff meeting and the calendar and making sure that that teachers know when the assessment dates are and how to get their data inputted so that we can get supports in place. But really what I should do is make sure that of all things, they know that the biggest priority is that day, being outside their classroom, having a smile on their face, saying, welcome back, I've been waiting for you. And I think whether you work with 18-year-olds or five-year-olds, they need that face, that person saying, I'm so glad you're here. So that's probably the biggest tip, right? We could wrap up this podcast right now with <laughs> have a great first day. <laughs> well, but you and I also both know that just like in student learning, it's important to work on skills and it's important to work on the will or some people call it the smarts and the hearts. And when, when I talk to teachers and principals, I like to talk about the fact that they need to be using both sides of their brain, the right side, that creativity part, that, that emotional part, that, you know, the, the welcoming part that we want everyone to come in with the right heart is so important because that's, if that's not present, you can't have a meaningful experience. 
But on the flip side, if you don't have good processes, if you don't have good procedures, if you're not well prepared, if you aren't thinking through those strategies, that left side, then you aren't serving well either. And so, so I know that it's important to start with the end goal in mind, that, that emotional experience that we want kids to have, but then take a step back and let's talk about the processes. What are some of the nitty gritties that we need to be doing to prepare for launching a great school year? And there's so many of those nitty gritties. And again, it's a, a, it comes down to documenting um, expectations for staff and students, making sure your systems are in place for everything from, like I said, the data, the assessment, the curriculum, the resources. It's a massive job to be ready for that start of the school year. I find that the way that I am most prepared is when people start to trickle back in after their summer, I really focus on building and rebuilding relationships with staff. Mm-hmm. You know, they pop in, hey, how was your summer? And those conversations are really important because what I find is, again, a teacher walks in, we talk about their trip to the Grand Canyon and we touch base a little bit. And then usually there's a little nugget of information that the principal can pull out of it. So the teacher might say, hey, when do the new assessment folders come in? I was just planning to organize them and I will write that down and I will think, check on new assessment folders. Mm-hmm. Or someone will say, you know, I think that some of the furniture in my room is really failing. Can we talk about that? And then I'll think, do an audit of furniture. Mm -hmm. And so it's really good to have conversations with staff because they will give you hints and they will lead you to make sure that you have all those systems and processes in place. Especially if, if you've been in your building for a while, it's easy to forget some of the things that have always run themselves. And so you can use those um, staff auditors, so to speak, to help you remember what you need to be focused on, reshuffle your priorities, mm-hmm. and be ready for that first day. I love that. And at the secondary level, one of the things that I love about that level is that often my students could give me that kind of feedback too. And so one of the leadership groups that we would foster in our building was through our student council or through our NHS. And my student council sponsor would actually pull student leaders together in the summer before school would start and ask them, what do you guys want our motto to be this year? What What are you guys looking at for goals for our school this year? So that it's not just teacher or principal driven, but we're having conversations with kids about what are they expecting for this school year too. And so just as important as it is to rebuild those relationships with your teachers, it's important to be listening to your kids because sometimes those students come in with some really cool expectations where they can be a part of that welcoming back people too. Um, I'll give you an example. Several years ago, our kids were just really excited about creating positive experiences for their fellow schoolmates. So they wanted to be the welcoming team at the front of the school. So that day one of school, they could be there welcoming people back cheering for kids as they walked in, you know, blowing crazy sounds and, and making it fun, playing music. And I would have never considered doing that on my own unless I had already had conversations with those kids before school started on what do you want school to look like this year? Well, and I love that you pulled in some of your veteran students. I'm going to add another little tip. We have a new student orientation every year and we go through some of the, um, things that we think they'll need to know. And then we open it up for questions. And let me tell you something, I really listen to those questions Mm -hmm. because the questions they ask are things that they're really worried about. And they may be things we need to revisit with the entire student body or the entire staff, Mm -hmm. because anything that we haven't answered for them is the thing that's going to keep them up the night before school. Those new student orientations are, you know, incredibly informative to help you get ready for the school year. Yeah, that's so important. And I know at every level, it looks a little bit different whether you're welcoming kids back to a 
a teacher night or whether at the secondary level, for instance, we would welcome our the high school, our incoming freshmen in for a night with their parents. So whatever that setting looks like for you at the secondary or elementary, how do you schedule in advance those before school even begins opportunities so that people can come in, they can ask questions, they can get a feel for what's going on, and you can begin to build that anticipation and that sense of belonging before you even open up your doors day one. Absolutely. And things really have gotten easier for principals. I think if, if we embrace things like social media, we can be communicating all throughout the summer. In May, I wrote about four Facebook po- updates for my, we have a closed Facebook group for our school. Mm-hmm. And I wrote one that I want to send out June 15th, June 30th, July 15th, and July 30th. Mm-hmm. And it was so fresh in my mind in May, what I wanted them to know is they came back. So I wrote them ahead of time. And then all I'm doing is copying and pasting into that closed Facebook group. And then I also posted a link to Twitter and I sent out emails. And so we can really be communicating all throughout the summer, what we want people to know, what we want people to know that we're working on. And so that they, it feels reassuring, I think, to parents and students and staff, if they know, hey, things are being planned, they're being prepared. It is going to be smooth sailing that first day. Yeah, I love that. And I also love to look at school from the perspective of that parent and I think I've told this story before on a previous episode where when my own child first came to my school, my wife would say to me, "Hun, I know there's something coming up, but I haven't seen it on your school calendar. And I suddenly realized like the holes that were in my communication because I wasn't looking at my school from the perspective of parents. I was looking at it from the perspective right. of my teachers or my kids. And so that really changed the game for me too in terms of, okay, how can I increase my communication from the perspective of that parent whose kid isn't telling them what's happening at school either? You know, I think many of us aren't aren't as lucky as say you were, or actually my, my husband does the same thing. But if we don't have that parent voice, that person to say, hey, I didn't really actually receive an email about this. It's very wise to get a few parents to be your, your microphone a little bit, to say, hey, nobody knows about this thing you think we all know about. A few years ago in my district, we started a group called Key Communicators, and every school has one. And those are just some of those bulldog parents they are aware, they are awake, they are paying attention and we meet with them monthly. And we really literally ask what's being said out there. What isn't being said? What are people not sure about? And boy, is that helpful. So many times I come out of those meetings thinking, oh, I need to make sure I communicate this information or this tidbit. And so to swing that back to preparing for the school year, I think a summer meeting with some of your parents saying, Mm -hmm. what is it you don't know? What is it that kids are worried about? If you've been to the swimming pool, what's the talk about the school year? And that helps you really be proactive in solving problems before they arise. Well, I really like that. You know, when you think about preparing for that school year too, Jen, I know that it's important that you're organized and that you're managing well. So talk a little bit about your own experience. What are some of the systems or ways that you prepare for going into that school year that might be helpful for principals especially new um, principals that may be stepping in for the first time to manage the school or for veterans who may need some good reminders just on some systems they can be using for, to be well-prepared. Sure. I feel very strongly about this because I'm someone who hates to be unaware or caught off guard with something that I forgot, a ball that I dropped. And so I am a geek about organization and management and remembering everything. A few years back, I started a Google Doc and I put boxes for each month. And so things I need to be thinking about in July, 
August, September. The disadvantage was I was a year behind, but once I had gotten it up and running, I add to it all the time. And I'll, I'll just quickly open it up and add something to August. This is what I need to make sure I'm remembering. And I can't tell you how reassuring it is when I look like, let's say it's the July 30th and I skim my August list and I either have all of the August check marks marked or I know how they're going to be marked. I feel so much more confident as a principal. And I feel like I can walk down the hall with a little swagger, like this place is a well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. And of course, then something's going to pop up and I won't have thought of, but then I go add it to the document for the next year. So it's a beautiful system for me. I think it it wouldn't work for everyone. Um, A lot of people like to do different things. They like to use their calendars or they like to use their secretaries or post-its or whatever. But I think just finding a way to document what you know you need to do, and then make an addition if you've missed anything. Hmm. It just helps build your confidence and it helps build the confidence of people around you for the work that you're doing. Yeah, I like that. You know, in the schools where I served in Oklahoma, we always had 10 days before teachers returned where our non-instructional staff, our office secretaries, our other administrators, our counselors would all report to work. So we had that 10 days before and then we could hold them 10 days afterwards. And one of the practices that we had was I would gather that whole group of non-instructional folks together, those office people, my other administrative team members, my counselors, and we would have a meeting that very first day that we're all together before that 10 days because I had a Google Doc too that I had been working on throughout the school year. But I would bring a copy of that to the meeting and share a link with all of them and they would all bring their laptops and together we would go through that list too. Okay, guys, here's what has to be done before before we launch, before the teachers come back and the kids come back. What can we be doing on this list to make sure that we're accomplishing all these goals together? And the second thing- Well, I just added that to my list as you were talking. (laughs) I'm literally adding share list to my list. (laughs) Yeah, and then the second thing that I- that I would do with especially my office staff, those non-instructional people often have very unique responsibilities. And we may have talked about this before, Jen, but I I stole this idea from Dave Ramsey's book called Entree Leadership because as he's built his business on personal finance, every employee that he has, he gives them what he calls key result area list or KRAs. And I adapted it and called it key responsibility areas. So I have... Within that group of people that work in the non-instructional staff, we've developed over time, and I've asked them for feedback, give me the lists of things that you're working on independently, not just what I work on. I've got my list. What does your list look like? Not just for the start of school, but all year long. What are the things that you work on? And so this was something that over time, we've developed a KRA for each person on that team. And that's so helpful too. To In that meeting, we pull out our to-do list before school starts. And then I say, okay, now pull out your KRAs is there anything you've been doing this past year that someone else might need to assist you with or maybe no longer is necessary or important that we no longer do and we can mark that off your list? And we kept that on a Google Doc too so that each of us could see each other's responsibilities. And that was so helpful too because together it kind of gave us a, a revisit of what are each of us what are the responsibilities each of us carry stepping into the school year? And it kind of gave us a shared sense of like, okay, this is our mission for the year. These are the, these are the goals each of us have set for each other. And um, or these are the things we need to cross train each other on if you know something I don't know. And it was just a really good way to begin the year with that team so that together we could jump into those to-dos so that I didn't feel like I was carrying it alone. 
another thing I love about that is it's going to build a sense of empathy and understanding amongst your team. I think one of the big culture killers in a building, and I've experienced it personally, is if there's not that sense of respect that everyone's working hard. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try something new this year where I'm going to, our opening staff meeting, I'm going to have the custodians come and literally share some of their KRAs, Mm -hmm. some of the things they worked on over the summer. I think sometimes that the teachers, not deliberately or with ill intent, they think the place just kind of cleans itself Mm -hmm. and the floors kind of get waxed. They don't realize literally hours and hours of sweat and struggle to get that building ready. And then I'm also going to talk a little bit about the nightly cleaning. And, you know, so if the teacher doesn't take the time to clean up 14 broken number two pencils, on the floor, how that really does change the the work of the custodian. And so I like that idea of sharing the well-defined responsibilities so everyone knows, hey, we're all working hard. There's not a single one of us with an empty to-do list. Mm -hmm. So seeing how the things that are, are happening to make us productive is really, really helpful. I love that. Well, I really am so glad you're doing that, Jen, because that really influences the culture of your school when every person, not just your teachers are getting the attaboys, but your custodians, the people who serve the lunches in your school, those paraprofessionals, those aides that are helping kids out, those bus drivers that are dropping those kids off at the beginning of your school year. And so principals, I know that it's a lot of responsibility to try to touch base with all of those stakeholders, but it's just so important. Even if it's just five minutes to stop by the cafeteria and tell the manager there and the workers there, I'm so glad you're back. And and you guys, please let me know anything that I can do to help support the work you're doing as you're serving our kids or stepping out to the bus line and welcoming those drivers in that first day and just waving or giving them hot thumbs ups or high fives just so that they know that you acknowledge and identify the importance of the part that they play in serving your kids. Every, every person on your team needs to be acknowledged as an important player. I think the beginning of the school year is a really high anxiety time. I think it's a happy time and an exciting time and all of those positive things too, but everybody's a little anxious and you know what? They're all looking at the principal. They're all thinking, How, how's this going to feel when I see when I make eye contact with the principal? I like to try to, um, like you said, a smile, a thumbs up, a thank you, a um, come and see me if you need anything. I also try to give gifts. Mm-hmm. I have all of our bus drivers. I have 16 buses that, that drive for our school. And I go to the, um, I call McDonald's the day before school starts and I order 16 uh, egg McMuffins because everybody loves egg McMuffins. And that first day I just hand it over. It takes almost zero effort from me. And you should see those bus drivers light up and they think, oh, okay, that's the kind of year we're going to have. So, you know, whether it's providing lunch for the teachers, giving a a gift, I have bought uh, picture books before and handed them to each teacher with a unifying theme, a message of positivity, a card. I worked with an assistant principal once who wrote, he spent his summer just writing one or two cards a day and then he handed them out that first day of school. So just you're reassuring your people that it's going to be a great year, that all is well, and that there really is no need to be anxious or nervous. No, I like all of those ideas. Those are so great, Jen. You know, when you think about the beginning of the school year in terms of organizing, managing, making sure you've got your schedules ready, making sure that you've crossed your T's and dotted your I's, you you want that launch to be something that's successful for kids and teachers and parents and for your community. And sometimes I think too, as school leaders, that we forget the importance of just verbalizing what's expected. 
And so sometimes when you have that beginning of the year time when you're pulling people back together, I can think specifically of um, my former superintendent. He would always pull administrators back together right before the teachers, and he would have a what's expected conversation. And I remember each year when he would do that kind of thinking, you know, I've worked with you now for several years. I kind of know what you expect. But as soon as he would start going through his list, I would ha- feel reassured. I would, be, I would be like, oh, you know, I forgot that's a priority. Or I'm glad he said that. Or he's now, he's kind of nuanced this thing that we're going to be changing. So I, I had, he's clarified something that I didn't understand before. And it was also a good reminder to me, and, and he was modeling. I need to do that with my staff and my teachers. Don't be afraid to just say what's expected every year. Even if you're, whether you're the first year principal or you're the 14th year principal, Start your year off with those clear expectations. These are the things that we're working on together. These are the expectations that we have together. And even if it may come across as a little rote or boring, it's good teaching. Just the the same thing you want teachers modeling in classrooms is the same thing that we need to be modeling as school leaders. There's so much value in that too, because it covers you as the leader in case anyone didn't do it. They can't say, I didn't know or you never told me, or I didn't, is that in an email? I didn't get that. You can say, well, actually, yes, you did. Here's the date and time that I told you. One of the battles I had to fight for many years in one of my buildings, believe it or not, was substitute lesson plans. And I would, you know, I put it in the staff handbook that when you're out, there needs to be lesson plans. They need to be informative. They have fire drill stuff included and so on. And every year there'd be So, you know, there'd be incidents where that didn't happen. And so I started, like you just said, I started to articulate those kind of things in in a meeting. You must have sub plans. And so when it didn't happen, I could say, as I I mentioned on August 12th at our staff meeting at 2 (laughs) p.m., there are some expectations we must adhere to, and here's why. And so it really did help cover me, and it helped them understand what was necessary. And then it also helped the other teachers to, to surround that person and say, Hey, come on. She told us this. This is just one of the things we have to do and we have to do well. So there really is no downside to being clear with those expectations. Well, Jen, I want to finish with a story today, just about the importance of every person on your team, feeling that sense of ownership for your kids. When my two youngest kids were in elementary school, they could walk from our home to the elementary that they attended. And one of the people that served them every day was Charlie, the crossing guard, who would meet them at the intersection when they would cross the street to go up to the school. He would talk to them for so long in the morning when he saw them that my son left early in the morning because he was afraid he was going to be tardy (laughs) for how long Charlie would just stop and want to know everything going on with Jack. And Jack and Katie are my two youngest. And one day I came home from my school and we were getting together for dinner and they said, Dad, Mr. Charlie wasn't at the crossing on our way home today. And oh, I no. said, really? What happened? And they said, well, we didn't know what to do. We had never crossed the street without Mr. Charlie. And this was the K-5 school. And I said, well, how did you get home? And Katie said, well, we just kept lining up at the sidewalk. All the kids were stepping behind us. And finally, this little kindergartner looked around and said, who's the oldest? And <laughs> the fifth grader raised her hand and, and she said, you go first and we'll follow. And Jack said, so we all grabbed hands and we yelled, one, two, three, we're going to die. And they all ran across the street <laughs> together. Well, the next night when they came back, they were excited to tell me that Mr. Charlie had been sick and they hadn't had a substitute for him. But I, I, I loved that story because it reminded me of what school looks like through the eyes of our kids. And whether we are talking about our crossing guards or bus drivers, our teachers or ourselves, 
they want to feel like they're valued. They want to be welcome. And they want somebody they're ready to take care of them. Exactly. So as you're thinking, as Principal Matters listeners, as you're thinking about preparing for the start of the school year, there's so much to do. And Jen and I could go through long, long lists of what those to-dos should look like. But look at your calendar. Think about those things that need to be coming up. Surround yourself with other team members who can help you accomplish those things. But more than anything, make sure that you have a heart when you step in of what does this school need to look like for every kid that walks into the school so they feel welcome, so that they feel loved, they feel supported, and that they have an opportunity to learn. Jen, anything else you want to add to that before we go today? I don't think so. I think let's just reiterate, it's an exciting time of year. I do have a colleague who says something really smart I want to share. He says, July is like Sunday. And by that, he means you know, when you were a kid and it was Sunday and you were so excited it was Sunday because you still had Sunday, but there was Monday looming. And so August is Monday, July is Sunday. So you remember that feeling of being a kid and you know you have to cherish every moment. And that's what I would say to all of our July listeners, cherish it because Monday's coming. It is. And you're going to conquer Well, Principal Blanders listeners, if you'd like to add additional suggestions for tips for preparing for school, you can check out the, the blog post that accompanies this at my website at williamdparker.com. But as we wrap up this week, I just want to remind you that as you're preparing for your school year, it's so important that you surround yourself with great team members and that you prepare for school from the eyes of your students, your parents, your community members, your teachers, because what you do matters. Thanks, everyone. We will talk to you soon. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com. 